Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf IntroCast, where longtime fans and newbies alike journey into the farthest, darkest regions of space to talk about Red Dwarf. That's right, we are back, and this time we are talking about Season 6, Episode 1. Uh, and we are really, really excited about it. Um, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm clicking the clicks. <laughs> and our special guest. You are. Hey, Hi, Ewan. Ewan. Hello. Ewan is joining us again. Uh, Ewan, you want to remind folks uh, who you are, where you're from, quest, favorite color, etc.? <laughs> Okay, um, I'm a law student at the University of Kent. Um, I first started watching Red Dwarf when I was a kid and watching various episodes on video, basically a random collection in no particular order. Um, I write articles occasionally for the F1 blog, uh, .co.uk, um, which is uh, going quite well. Awesome. Cool. Well, we are excited to have you with us again. Thanks for having me. And let's see. Shane, would you like to give our episode synopsis? 200 years after investigating the Esperanto, the crew, Red Dwarf crew wakes up from suspended animation where they set to find Red Dwarf, which had vanished without a trace, on, on board Starbug, where they stumble across an asteroid field containing lost spaceships where they find the asteroid field inhabited by sirens, a genetically engineered alien creature that telepathically lure the ship's crew on the asteroids and suck out their brains. Like, you know, genetically enhanced creatures do. They're into that. So, um, yeah, some changes this episode. Uh, it's very different feel. Very different. Like, I don't know, just from the beginning, I was like, okay, bigger budget. It seems like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the model work is improved, and I mean, the already stellar model work, they're doing fancier things, but um, tell you what, though, before we get into the episode proper, let's follow tradition, and we have a new series uh, opening credits, so we have to uh, uh, put down, for the record, our, our impressions here and see what all uh, what all comes up throughout the season. So, in order, a cool opening sunshot. Which we saw. Teleporting. Yes, which we saw, yes. Uh, teleporting, uh, asteroid explosion, which we saw. Um, spraying some sort of creature. A mud landing. Uh, Crichton electrocution. Polymorph attacking Remmer, so it, it looked a lot like the polymorph yeah. was coming back, because I had saw two shots uh, that seemed to indicate yes. that. Fireball crashing into Red Dwarf, which we saw. Uh, Amigo Cat. <laughs> Okay, I cannot wait for the Old West episode. I'm so excited about yes. the Old West episode. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what looks like Ace Rimmer, uh, at least with the haircut. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe our Rimmer decides to get a haircut, but there's also... Well, we'll get to that. Let's see. Eyeballs on chins. Uh, Cowboy Crichton. Uh, holding some sort of squiggly things. Mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne holding a polymorph. Somehow we get the return of Dwayne. Um, not sure how that happens, but that could very well be tied to the appearance of Ace if there's some sort of, like, all of the past episodes catching up with them in some sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey thing. Um, they appear to be talking to some sort of caveman, uh, some shot of virtual reality glasses, and that's it. Yep. All I'm saying, so, Old West episode. 
This better be epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the polymorph again. I, as far as the monster episodes go, I thought that was uh, one of their stronger creature ideas. <laughs> So we find out that the whole time our Lister has been the polymorph all along. And <laughs> <gasps> no. <laughs> right. That would be interesting. Back to sirens. Um Yes. So. Yeah. It So a small bit of background before we actually start the episode. Okay, okay, yes, please. Yeah. Um, the BBC was so keen for another series of Red Wolf, they actually put their bid in before Red Wolf 5 had finished filming. <laughs> there was only one small problem. They wanted to show it in the spring of 1993, and the writers knew that it wouldn't give them enough time to get the scripts together. So they asked for a data broadcast date, and the BBC were very sympathetic. Either there was a new series ready to go out in the spring, or there'll be no new series at all. Okay. Which meant, <laughs> yeah, which meant when filming started in 1993, only half the scripts were available. Jerks. Hmm. Why would they do that? It seemed like it was a fairly successful show at the time, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you remember for Angel, then uh, the spinoff to Buffy then like for season five then they always found out at the last minute they were getting renewed so this time joss whedon was like really pushing for finding out that they were going to be renewed early um which is sort of the opposite of this problem but like the network said okay if you're gonna make an issue of it we're just gonna cancel it yeah so yeah networks are fickle we really want your show we really want your show, but only at this specific <laughs> time. Yeah. Any time after that, and it will be useless to us. <laughs> right. I know, especially when the BBC yeah. seems so lax about when they show shows. and. I know, look <laughs> at what they're doing to Sherlock now. Exactly. and It's like, oh yeah, we'll continue the story someday. The actors are busy. We'll get around and to like it. And like with Doctor Who, it's like, okay, we'll have a season. Uh, we'll start at Christmas Okay, now we'll start in August, like a year and a half later, and... <laughs> this whole season will just be a couple of movies uh, <laughs> strung out over a few over a year. And yeah, it's weird that they would be that demanding with Red Dwarf, I think, but oh well. And we don't know what it was like in the 90s, though. It's true, it's true. So, uh, rather than just have Holly around and not giving her any lines, they've uh, apparently found a way to get rid of her right and proper mm. by... Uh, disappearing red dwarf on us so really they should change the name of the show to starbuck yes mm-hmm. <laughs> well the cast actually um uh nicknamed red wolf six at the search as the search for red wolf six yeah that was <laughs> what i was thinking i was thinking it should be finding red dwarf <laughs> the hunt but, for red dwarf tober <laughs> oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> a game of chess with an old adversary. <laughs> um, and uh, they also had a new director. Yeah, I could really tell yes. that. You know, I uh, yeah, we we both were noticing the show. It has a different feel in a lot of ways, but the set Starbug looks great on the outside and inside. I love the little three D models of the ship floating in the background. Um, it's I think it's a, a bit of a darker gray. It looks mm-hmm. like. Uh, so it looks, you know, like they're stuck in this tiny little ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it felt 
really good as far as the 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 sets and the the feel of of the show, but they changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the way we put it is, you know, it's sort of gone from comedy sci-fi to action adventure comedy sci-fi. Yeah. Like, especially with, okay, for instance, Cat is suddenly the pilot. Uh, like, like I like that they're giving Cat something to do and making him more integral, but he's definitely more serious. And, yeah, before he had just been sort of operating sensors and stuff like that. Now he's piloting the, the ship. That well, used to be... Yeah, but... Yeah. But they, they make a point of it, you know, that he has his... Well, he pilots by smell, which is still kind of <laughs> funny. But... Yeah. How would you smile an asteroid? I know. With your nose. Well, he's a genetically mutated or evolved, I guess, cat, so we don't know what abilities. It's like has. Spider-Man. It's like Spider-Sense is must be a form of psychic or ESP ability, um, um, but yeah. You know, oh, as I like to call it, it ESPN. It... Yes. Yes. Cat yes. has ESPN. You think the smile of Lister would block it out? <laughs> so, so you, I wonder if he would have been able to smell whether a siren was like an actual hot woman or not. I'm assuming that they could mask their um, scent just like they do sight. I guess so. And I'm... Anyway, let's let's get into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we start out with Lister waking up in some sort of sleep pod thing with crazy hair and crazy long fingernails. This was the most sleep. disgusting thing ever. I could not look at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so I start trying to figure out what's going on, uh, whether it's like a protein imbalance or, you know, because these hair and fingernails have aged, but he apparently hasn't. He's got a case of TV amnesia. Yeah. Uh, Crichton pointedly takes out the trash into the little trash compactor. That won't come into the episode Of course later. not. <laughs> um. <laughs> and we find out that they have been, he has been asleep for 200 years. At this point, I form a theory that turns out to be wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking that they're trying to get back to Earth by having... The, the biological members of the crew sleep for 200 years at a time, which is maybe the theoretical limit on how safe it is for them to sleep in that way, um, instead of the, the cryo chamber that uh, Lister was in the first time, and live basically one day for every 200 years, sort of like Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then I did the math, dividing 3 million by 200, and figured out that, that would, they would still age 41 years if they were to try to travel back to Earth, living one day every 200 years. So that didn't seem terribly likely. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I sort of like... This definitely felt sort of like a gritty reboot of Red Dwarf. Mm. And mm. there at the beginning, they're trying to reintroduce um, all of the characteristics of all of the characters and... You know how what their personal personalities are and how they relate to each other and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. The way they use amnesia sort of as a as a diving board into that. You know, Crichton explaining 
who they are and their personality traits for so if you started watching yeah season six episode one you wouldn't be completely lost um not having seen the first five seasons yeah because yeah, um it was it had been 18 months since the last episode of red wolf has been shown hmm. so the bbc has actually asked um rob grant and doug nader to actually do a do an episode where new viewer could quite easily just get into the show yeah which you know they they did it as not very awkward you know it it, it was organic um Crichton looked I know I say this every season Crichton looked shinier <laughs> I think they've updated him a little they have. bit it's, it's a completely new uh, suit new body cast new head cast okay uh, you can actually uh, Robert the Wedding could actually sit down in this one with like, bits falling off. Yay! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they can they vocalized him in the right place. So if he needed to do anything, it could just it could just be vocalized off. Cool. And it was actually just around the same time he actually moved house. Of course. <laughs> to a little village which is about fifty miles to the north of where I live. Ah, oh. do you ever go up oh. and visit there? Uh, I like, was meant they... to have gone. I was actually. Uh, he lives near a place called Stone the Wold, and I was actually. Wait a minute! I've heard that. Uh, Where have I heard that? I don't know. Danny on the Wold from Black Academy. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. So I was meant to have gone up there yesterday. Uh, we could we record this on a Sunday, and unfortunately, due to the uh, snow that we had overnight, the thing I was going to do up there got cancelled. Aww. Aww. We don't get much snow here. Kind of wish we did sometimes. Like, almost at all. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, we see another credit shot uh, of them rebooting Rimmer. Yep. Uh, I won't steal the quotes there of him <laughs> of them, uh, uploading his various personality traits. I liked that, mm-hmm. though. And again, a very organic way to tell, hey, this is who this guy yep. is. <laughs> um, again, the model work here, uh, when they show the outside of the ship, it's it's fantastic. Um, they've really uh, stepped it up a notch as far as the, the space setting. Yeah, use of light is mm-hmm. really, really nice. Um, and, and yeah, and again, like before, it, it always looked... You know, the model work was good, but mm-hmm. it sort of pushed the campiness a bit more. Um, but here, it's so much more atmospheric, you know? I want to talk about the model work at a certain point when we get there later on. Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, let's see then. So, we find out what's been going on. Red Dwarf is missing. Lister has apparently lost it. Or it was <laughs> stolen by some thing. I think it was stolen by Holly. Uh, Hey. Yeah, Holly just got sick of just channeling Captain Kirk there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> stolen by some, some thing on the way. Um, oh, my. And, yeah, so they're following it. They really can't catch up to it, though, except it, the Red Dwarf had to divert around an asteroid field, and they're going into the asteroid field because, you know, it'd be crazy to follow it. <laughs> um, so they have the, a chance to finally catch up with... The, the, the dwarf. Uh, then, let's see. Okay, did they take a quote 
from the Red Dwarf USA pilot and put it in here, the bit about the lifetime is a tiger. And the, uh, the a, a day is a tiger, rug. then a lifetime is a worm. Say again? Sorry. Okay, when Kat says there's a cat proverb, it's better to live uh, one day as a tiger than a lifetime as a worm. Yeah. Uh, and then Rimmer says, who's ever heard of a worm skin rug? Well, I know I'd heard that before, but was it from the U.S. pilot? Or was it from the one of the previous real Red Dwarf episodes? Maybe you've subconsciously seen this episode before. I don't Yeah, no? exactly. Def- definitely not. I think the female cat says it in the second oh, okay. pilot. I think I think corrected. Yeah. Okay, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, and I think it it sort of matches more the female cat. Although this new serious Danny John Jules sold it. Yeah, well, because yeah, I mean, cat's character up until now, I mean, he hasn't been as cowardly as say Rimmer, but he's never been one to just charge into danger and you know put his stylish self in peril uh and now all of a sudden he's action cat yeah i, I like action cat especially, especially when the ladies are there i'm going in <laughs> yeah oh uh, so yeah we as we mentioned we find out that cat is now the pilot and can navigate by smell and his superior reflexes of course um of makes course. sense are we going to the um the spaceship graveyard sure Yes, yes, yes. There can I? Are. Can I? T- I, I, I figured I found some out about that. Basically, okay. Hit two it. of the models that were on there. I don't know if this is what Shane was going to mention. Um, but one of the models is uh, the Nostromo. Oh, and... oh. <laughs> that's awesome! Nice. And another one is um, Moonbase Alpha. Oh, it's actually the Eagle from Moonbase Alpha, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. All right, fine. <laughs> You had to, to, to show me up, didn't you? I, yeah, I, of course I did. I'm not, I'm not a sci-fi person. I don't, I'm not into... I've never actually heard of Space 999. I, I haven't either. So, yeah. And I am um, a sci-fi person. I've, heard, I've never seen any. I've heard, heard of the show. <laughs> and also, there was a thing on Vorkcha, attack cruiser as well. Nice. Bless nice. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to watch yeah. that again and see if I can spot at least the the, the Nostromo. That's cool. Uh, oh, and for those of y'all who aren't uh, fans of that particular series, the Nostromo was the uh, ship on on Alien. Yep, named so, after yep, Ages of Conrad novel. Well, was that what you was going to mention, Shane? It certainly was, actually. Yes. I apologize. Cool. We, we see. I should have come on early so we could talk. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's fine. I've got tons of other stuff on here. No, well, that's it. There has to be a fight to the death. It's now because <laughs> I, we'll go to quotes, and then obviously you and will go first, and then he'll steal one of mine, and then <laughs> Shane will jump in. He'll steal one of mine, and then Heath will jump in. He'll steal the last one of mine. And but I can't steal one of yours. But that's my job. I, I, I've only got three. That's I've only got three. So. Fine, I have to be the extra one. We'll come up with another quote that Angela can Yay! steal. Okay? Fine. Okay. Um, let's see. In show drama aside, <laughs> yes. Uh, they go. have their plan to go into this asteroid field uh, again. We have very different feel. I mean, it really feels like sort of an action adventure space mm-hmm. drama here for a bit. Uh, especially when they find that all of these ships are down. What has happened? 
someone has left a message in the most gruesome way oh. imaginable. I'm um, sorry, but I there was some the effect- I love the lines there. grossness. I, I love- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love the effect of a tomato sauce sachet just being splattered against, <laughs> splattered against <laughs> the camera. And then... Yeah. yeah. If it was a video podcast, uh, I would do the impression of Rimmer fainting. It, it was a very nice faint. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. was there with them. <laughs> and finally, we are get the. It, it is revealed what has happened. Giant mutant cockroaches are being telepathic sirens and sucking people's brains out with a straw. Because that makes so, sense. So was this I our at this our um, theory for last time? Oh, I forget. No. What was our theory? I mean, I think I think you had said that. Okay. Like, but I, I was thinking you that that maybe it was going to be a pounds per square inch. Thing. Oh yeah. Uh, although I I really considered it more likely that they would go with psi as in psychic and psi, a psychic siren, but I kind of hoped that they wouldn't because it was a little too obvious. So. I, I like. I would have uh, liked it for them to. to yeah, oh, okay. This is going to be about psychic sirens, and then. Of course, I guess the purpose of the show title isn't yeah. to present puzzles to people. So, <laughs> don't worry. Anyway. there are some obvious ones later on. So, but I love at this point the show has just even stopped trying to explain. I mean, we've had okay, we were seeding life on this planet, but then we let it go for too long, or it went it evolved too fast, and then we have a giant telepathic squid. Mm. In this one, they're like, yeah, you know, there's genetically mutated cockroaches in space that want to suck your brains out, and this makes complete sense. We're not even going to question it. It's been accounted Don't for. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> Why are they there? Who made them? Who knows? Scientists made them because they're genetically mutated. <laughs> and the scientists but what are... what scientists? On the Nostromo. <laughs> Professor, so. Professor Landstrom. Yes. She got around. Oh yeah, she did. <laughs> oh. Anyway, the sirens launched their first attempt at entrapping the crew with the sexy lady trap. I'll be honest. Oh yeah. Can I can I, can I be honest? I probably would have fallen for that one. Um <laughs> Heath tell I have yeah, a theory. Tell your on theory. That. I have a theory. Okay, we saw several interesting fake scenarios: the sexy lady trap, the Kachansky trap. Um, the two. I have a theory ones. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the asteroid ones maybe not so much. But I have a theory that one of those two was real. Uh, that there is a planet of the, of the nymphomaniacs <laughs> uh, there with the sexy lady trap, or that that was in fact Kachansky. With the two boys fighting off the sirens. Um, and it's going to come up in a later episode. Now, that's my theory. I don't know. It's probably not right. But it would be really, really funny if, and I meant all this, then they find out uh, a year later that, wait a minute, there really was a planet full of 3,000 hot women wanting to get with us? Well, I think it's fine. I think it's weird that there was, it's been referenced in two different episodes now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the last episode of the last season and... Uh, this one. So, yeah. I'm leaning more to the Nymphomania mm-hmm. bit because oh, you would. I want to. I, exactly. <laughs> I'm male, so I would. Oh, come on. If it was a, a, a planet full of men, would you say no? I'm married. I don't know what you're talking about. If it was a planet, <laughs> if it was a, if 
Alejandra, if it was a planet full of heath. The oh, laundry no, not, would oh, be no. more horrible. Than, more than one of, <laughs> more than one of me. Forget it. I could never stand to live with myself. <laughs> um, like, but you know, people no, like, uh, like me squared, wouldn't they? <laughs> part of the yeah, exactly. Yeah, part of the reason I'm thinking this is there was an episode of uh, show Sliders. Have you all seen Sliders? Yeah. In that film, yeah, Jerry O'Connell and okay. yeah, Gimli the Dwarf mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, their their whole premise is they're hopping dimensions, they're trying to get home Quantum Leap style, but they have a limited amount of time in each dimension, and they pop in, in this one episode at the very end, they pop into this dimension and it's like, okay, this, this looks exactly like home, there's nothing weird about this, this could possibly be the dimension we're looking for, and it's like, okay, but the timer on this one, we've only got like... 30 seconds to decide whether we're going to stay here forever or whether we're going to keep moving. And it's like, okay, this fence right here has always uh, the has always been broken or like the lock has broken or it squeaks or something. And if this fence uh, isn't broken, then I'll know that this is the wrong reality. Okay, okay. And so he tests the fence and it works fine. He's like, okay, it's closed, but it can't be home. And then they leave. And then right after that, somebody comes out and you find out that the fence has recently been repaired. Aww. So that's kind of what I'm thinking with this is that, you know, the, the maybe the Kachansky thing, especially that, yeah, okay, well, it's got to be a trap because, you know, there's these sirens out, but we're going to find out in a while that, oh, crap, they were, they were really there. And yeah, they're still fighting these aliens or whatnot. Or genetically mutated aliens. Well, let's just call them aliens. I don't get this well, show's stubbornness about, no, there's no aliens. There's genetically modified Hoobie-Watsits. But <laughs> Made by viruses. But aliens, that's ridiculous. No aliens. Okay, well, we will say, but we can call them aliens for shorthand, but acknowledging 100% that they are not aliens, because so far there are no aliens in the Red Dwarf universe. Even though they act exactly like aliens do in sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They act like, yeah, okay. I mean, aliens in sci-fi are usually... Um, the people that you have to fight, uh, the people that... Well, it's the yeah, other. Yeah, the other. Or, you know, the sympathetic thing. That, I'll be honest, you know, I, I couldn't imagine myself snogging a massive cockroach. I had to look away. <laughs> I, I had to look away so many times. They've definitely upped the gross out factor. It was disgusting. I'm sorry. Oh, oh my, there's something worse coming. I... I know what that laugh means. <laughs> oh, the yep. fingernails. I still can't handle the fingernails. Ah, uh, just mm-mm. I've decided if I ever get if I ever get to go to um, a dimension jump convention, I'm going to go as that lister. Oh. Just no. Just to freak out Angela. Just no. And then she can say 3 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> I would love, I mean, I, looking at this episode especially, I started trying to think if I wanted to make a Crichton cosplay, how would I go about it? Hmm. Um, I'm sure it's been done and been done very well at various conventions. It just, it, yeah, it seems like a lot of work would go into it. And it seems like it'd be very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, but that's almost sort of the point of cosplay, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you wearing a full body length leather duster in July in Atlanta. What's wrong with you? 
or August in Atlanta. Yeah, apparently in sci-fi. Hey, I wear my long lunch for length of the duster in July. Yeah, but that's British July. That's barely like March. It's like October. (laughs) Okay. I mean, we're talking about July and August that things get above 100 degrees Fahrenheit with 100% humidity. (laughs) Temperatures go up that high? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's see. uh, Translate. Let's see. Let's go ahead and figure it out. I'm not even bothering Celsius. Sorry, folks. Let's see. Shit, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> oh, while he's just sorting out the temperature thing here, back to Red Dwarf. Um, this seems to be a regular occurrence. Every episode, we we do actually seem to say, "Anywho, back to Red Dwarf." <laughs> yes, we do. That's our thing, and it's not back to Red Dwarf. It's back to Star Starbug. The series. Okay, if if I've done my math correctly here, um, a hundred degrees would be like thirty-eight Celsius. Okay. Does anyone else think Starbug look, looks like a green version of the ant from Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Aww. a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I've always thought that the older Starbug um, from previous series looks like you know that game Cooties. Nope. Like, Nope. Like the little bitty kids game where you have to put together like these little I... bug things. <laughs> no. And, until you showed it to me, sweetie, I hadn't heard of that. So it was a thing. It was not just all right. a thing. All right, keep, keep your hair on. It was a thing. <laughs> until a smash. <laughs> <laughs> I will get out what I want to say in a minute. Red Dwarf. Go for it. Thank you. Captain Tau was played by Anita Dobson. Yeah. Anita, Anita Dobson. Who's Anita Dobson? Anita Dobson. Um, she she played the character of um, Angie in EastEnders. EastEnders <laughs> is like the British version of Days of Our Lives over there, and. Gotcha. And yeah. she was like one of the biggest characters in the soap. I mean, Aww. the biggest storyline that she had got over 20 million viewers over here. And that's quite a lot. So, cool. she's well known. I knew it was her. I saw her in Casualty on Saturday night. <laughs> Casualty is like cool. a, a hospital version of VR <laughs> over here. A hospital <laughs> version of VR. Um, and she has a very famous husband. Yeah, Brian May. Indeed. Indeed, and they wanted uh, Brian May in the episode as well. Wait, wait, who's a, Brian May? Who's Brian May? Brian, uh, do not what? talk to me ever anymore. Who's Brian May? Brian, <laughs> what? You what? Take that back. Oh, Brian May is the guitarist from Queen. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Gotcha. Yes, I want you all yes. to apologise for not knowing who Brian May is right now. I apologise for nothing. You're sorry. I don't keep up <laughs> with music. I mean, I like Queen, but. Like keeping up with musicians' names, please. <laughs> Ain't nobody got. Ain't time nobody for that. got time for that. <laughs> oh god, here we go. Okay. And uh, 
so that's what I was saying. Uh, they wanted him to be appearing in the episode, but they couldn't quite um, get the timing right because Brian May was actually wearing, wear, away on tour. Mm. Well, he could have played guitar for for the finale. Actually, that person playing guitar was Phil Mazanetta or Mazanetta of Roxy Music. Cool. It was meant to be Brian May. Yeah, I know. That's what I just said. Good. <laughs> I'm going to flood Andrew's oh, okay. Facebook wall with Brian May stuff now. <laughs> and I'm going to block here. <laughs> Paul block. You... Yeah, we actually do listen to a fair amount of Queen, but uh, yeah, just don't. Uh, let's see. Um, all right. Yeah, we've skipped over a lot of stuff. Yeah, they have the, the asteroid thing and the flaming meteorite thing and... Uh, they end up crashing. Lister ends up making out with a giant cockroach, Ugh. like you do, with a, with a ton um, of um, KY jelly. Uh, yeah, we're back to the KY again, folks. Let's stay away it's from true. KY. I don't want any Kentucky jelly. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry about it. They do, uh, according to the documentary, it is unused. <laughs> and uh, I'd, they, I'd hope so as well. <laughs> and apparently, they, the previous news, they actually open up the can, take the seal, seal off, and show everyone before they start using it. To be fair, so they they should, <laughs> is it wrong that they kind of should have recycled? <laughs> I don't want any don't... recycled Kentucky <laughs> jelly. <laughs> I'm just it... trying to gross out Angela, it's quite fun. <laughs> And it was partly an in-joke from the writers who had heard Craig Charles complain during season 5 that he didn't get any girls on the series. So they gave him what he wanted. Well, in a sick, go. twisted kind of way. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, so they end up with a classic uh, Whom Gods Destroy conundrum there. Kill us both, yeah. Spock. Um, with two listers identical in every way. How can they possibly figure out uh, who the real one is? Reminded me a bit of The Thing as well. Oh, yeah. Say again? Reminded me a bit of The Thing. John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They should have tested Well, that was interesting. Should have tested what, Ewan? Should have tested his blood. True. Oh yeah, to see, see if it. I don't know. See, that's that's the cool thing though. They the the creature can apparently, I'm guessing, affect all the senses. Like like he made a fake radar mm-hmm. scan. So even if they tested the blood, then he could have made the scan show exactly what it was supposed to show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, Starbug I... is. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> no, no, no. Go on. I was gonna go off topic. I mean, to the next topic. Tar- Starbug gonna... is really big. <laughs> so is Red Dwarf. What's point? Yeah, but Starbug is supposed to fit in Red Dwarf, and they've only know. shown one room, or two rooms, well, really. We, well, we don't know what Croton's done in the past two hundred years, do we? <laughs> Cleaned up, done the garbage, <laughs> rebuilt Red uh, Starbug from the inside out. <laughs> Could give it a bit of a. Well, you know, it used to only have, t- used to only have ten minutes of air. Yeah. So they've updated that. You think nice. it had two hundred years? It'd, it'd give it give Starbuck a nice paint job. Well, the only person who's allowed to paint is uh, Lister. 
<laughs> so let's see what happens. Yeah, they have two Listers there, but luckily they figure out that uh, the alien would have Listers' self-perception of his own musical abilities, <laughs> and accordingly plays guitar. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Lister does not. I thought that was a great way to detect it. To be honest, and better it than was, taking blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a really good bookender. For, like the whole thing because they had talked about his guitar playing at the beginning of the episode they worked hard to foreshadow everything yeah. like they talked about Kachansky at the beginning um, yeah you can't even see the join of his arms in that scene can you oh I didn't pay attention really didn't. <laughs> but basi- basically what happened was um, he had Craig Charles with his uh, arms down by his sides yeah and you had um, Phil, uh, arms coming under his armpits, under Craig's armpits. Yeah, like yeah. the like the whose line is it anyway? Is yeah. The yeah. Ryan Styles and yeah. Colin Mockery. Yeah. And you can't you can't really see the join anywhere, can you? No, no I I really no, thought it looked very. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looked believable. I really thought they just dubbed it over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, at this point, I begin to wonder, can the thing even affect Crichton? But then I remembered, oh yeah, other telepathic things have no trouble affecting Crichton. Because um, he has slightly organic stuff in him. Yeah. Counted for. Since he always forgets that he has that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has been accounted for. And then the critter figures out a brilliant tactic to take care of Crichton. Mm-hmm. Impersonating Professor Mamet. David Mamet. <laughs> no, wait, that's not right. She was played by uh, Jenny Agutter, an actress famous for her roles in films of the railway children, Logan's Run, and American Werewolf in London. See, oh. I sort of wish what they'd done was to get Robert Llewellyn Whoa. to play his own creator, as they've done in, like, um, a Star Trek TNG. They got Brent Spiner to played the scientist who created him and in Star Trek Voyager they sort of did the same thing with the holographic doctor. Yeah, but are you forgetting that um, Robert Llewellyn is actually the advertising dude from the company, Diva Droid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they could have had yeah, it would have actually fit mm-hmm. really well. Having him play yeah. his own creator, but you know. This was cool, too. And, yeah, it was just sort of uh, very disturbing having him commit suicide, basically, (laughs) that way. Or so we think. But, you know, they made him into a garbage cube, so, Mm. you know. (laughs) Um, Boy, was that um, cube difficult for Robert the Weathern? Oh, but... I imagine so. Guess so. Um, You know, you're walking on a metal grate... And you've got your shoes on, and instead of walking normally, a sippy, 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 slidey, slidey. <laughs> it's like, thanks, guys, for giving me a better costume and everything, but do we really need to put me into a garbage cube? Yeah, yeah, but funny. That last little bit, according to the commentary on the uh, Red Wolf 6 DVD, um, that engine room set is now Tate Modern. No. It's now what? The Tate Modern Art Gallery. Oh, okay. Hmm. 
Yeah, it was originally the Bankside Power Station in London. And I think Sirens was one of the last things uh, that was shot there. Cool. Before it was refurbished into the art gallery. Neat, neat. So, are we doing? Are we doing uh, feedback? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The episode ends. Yeah, the the cube lands on the bug. Lol. Hello. <laughs> and and they ended on sort of a, we're going into the nebula. Let's see what's in there. You know this sort of. So they, I guess, pointing to that's what this series is going to be. It's going to be more of a exploring and searching than situational comedy bits. Um, it definitely marks a. a, a a change of tone for the series, and I don't think necessarily for for the better or worse, just different so far. Well, it's um, only the first I episode, really liked... so we really can't judge. You really yeah, can't. exactly, exactly. Well, I can, but you, you guys, <laughs> can't, obviously. Right. I mean, I really loved series five, so I, I kind of am I'm worried that they're going to lose because I think they finally on on in series, you know, from three to four, and then definitely with five, they found. Uh, the the chemistry that they needed for, for for the comedy to really work, so I'm worried if they get too far away from that and start changing too much, the show may lose something. But you know, I'm not, I'm hopeful. I, I'm not like, oh God, they changed everything. Why? I hate this. No, no, no. Um, I, it's just it's different. But then if they don't change anything, if they just like keep doing the same things over and over and over, then yeah, they get yeah, it would get stale. Yeah. Yeah. At least they explain it properly. Exactly. Yes. Ten seconds of scrolling text and then a completely different thing. Don't get suddenly backwards. Oh, here's Crichton. Here's another Holly. And we're in a backwards dimension. Ha ha ha. No explanation. We blew up Holly. We crashed the red dwarf into a sign. <laughs> Hi, Jinx. Yeah. Yeah, they do take time to say, okay, guys, here's what's going on. And... Yeah. Now the adventure continues. Yeah, I felt. In fact, I mean, as far as um, continuity, it seems like they're going to be working more on continuity than they mm-hmm. have in the past. At least ending this episode with, now we're going into the nebula to, and we're going to probably run into hijinks there. It seems like they're actually working to set up a multi-episode plot, as opposed to the past where it was just, and eh, now they're fighting these these genetically enhanced creatures and now there's in a magical fantasy world of holograms and now you know that just it was situational yeah. bit to bit you never know i do miss holly though yeah seriously so yes okay well let's let's as you say get on to the feedback uh we begin our feedback with an essay by but... Paul Hadley. <laughs> he's, wrote, yes. he's wrote a dissertation on this single episode. Yes, Paul Hadley, who... Paul, you spoiled, man. You did spoil. At this point, Angela and I didn't know, okay, maybe yes. Holly's going to come back next episode, or the episode after. But no, you go ahead and tell us that they let her go. So, she's out for at least the mm-hmm. season, would be my guess here. Anyway, let's go ahead and read. Paul Hadsley says, Lots of great comedy moments with the sirens, illusions, particularly the giant flaming meteorite and Crichton acquiring a reputation. And oh look, Chikansky. Kachansky. Nice to see her again, however briefly. It's almost as if the show had forgotten about her and Dave's love for her at this point. Also, one of the funniest textures about this episode is on one of the DVDs is a documentary on fan conventions and part of that has a shot of various fans dressed up in various characters' attire. 
amid the hollow ship costumes, the Dwayne Dibleys and the Ace Rimmers is the one guy at the back of the queue dressed as garbage-compacted Crichton. It's gotta be nice. tough. Uh, the thought of that guy squatting and crawling around all day in the dice suit is really funny for some reason. The links some fans will go for their favorite show. Uh, see, again, that's the point of cosplay. Mm-hmm. Gotta stick with it. Um, overall, a great start to another new format for RD, even if it is really creepy at times. Indeed, creepy and gross. Also, think uh, that... Also, think the audience misses the joke about the ketchup going over the camera because they're too busy going, ew. But apart from that, I'd call it standard dwarf. I disagree. I think it changed in more yeah. than just a bit. Anyway. Uh, sorry if I write too much. You're not well, sorry. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, you didn't. The only too much was telling us that... Um, oh, he hasn't finished yet. Oh, oh. He hasn't finished yet. He's got like 16 other comments he's wrong. Yeah, but some so. of it is back and forth. I want to read Russ's I want to read Russ's A very funny episode from start to finish That's how you do it Paul. Take notes. (laughs) Just kidding (laughs) Be nice to please our guest next week I'm just just slapping (laughs) David Seck says A really solid start to this new season and an introduction to the brilliant visuals of new director Andy Yemeni, who along with new producer Justin Judd, that's an awesome name. Justin Judd. Really, Justin Judd, Judd Man, Time Judd Man, really helps find the look of this season. Not a complete reboot, but a subtly different vibe from season five. Rob and Doug stretch their no aliens rule with these aliens in all but name, but we can overlook that as sirens give us a, a satisfying romp, I wouldn't go that far. Loads to like here, so much packed into one episode. Angela was reading Oh, Russ, you had to write more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Darn it. Okay, fine. <laughs> Russ continues to say, the sirens look like giant beetles. They have the ability to change their appearance telepathically. And we can see that why for hunting. For them to be the gilfs mm-hmm. means they were either created by humans and... Genetically uh, engineered life. Gotcha. Um... Or on Earth, or evolved from something, uh, considering how far Which really Earth... calls Dark Crystal into It's question. getting hard to believe. I agree. Also, did anyone feel the need to create giant telepathic beetles? Guess they had too much time on their hands after curing cancer and making the everlasting Viagra pill. And um, Paul had to chimes in with... Space Pirates. <laughs> hey, that's you. Oh, sorry. I, I, I got off on a tangent here because Gelf, as genetically engineered life form, that got me to thinking about the Gelflings in Dark Crystal and whether in Dark Crystal then might be a post-apocalyptic future in which the Gelflings were invented by scientists before everything got blown up. Anyway, um, Paul Hadsley. Uh, uh, let's see. Paul Hadsley says, They could have been created by space pirates, etc. to lure people to their fiery deaths. Not necessarily fiery, just brain-sucking. Then plunder the wreckage. Genetic engineering tech seems to be pretty standardized at some point in the RD futures, so it wouldn't be just uh, nice people getting their hands on it. Also, I don't think anything I said was a spoiler. Well, one thing. Series 6 was the first um, one I saw as it went out, and all that I said was in the pre-series publicity, blah, 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 blah. Okay, then they had to talk about 
editing yeah. things, and they got most of it. Yeah. Um, Please stop talking about so. crossovers in TV programs and series. I'm still trying to get my head around the science sent elsewhere crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Nick Quinn still talking about spoilery stuff. Um, Paul Hadsley talks about spoilery stuff. Oh, but he does say, why did they have to freeze Rimmer's light be? Surely turning him off would be enough. And then I think someone else... Yes. Says, yeah. To stop it degrading? You leave a hard drive idle for long enough and it becomes unsuitable and data impossible to retrieve. Unusable. Impossible? Unusable. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know some people who like, uh, in academia, who have, like, their dissertation stuff and they put it on a hard drive and put it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that we never got to see the cat wake up. It, he, we'd love to see him rushing around getting fixed up after emerging from deep sleep with the same long hair and nails and, as Lister. Ah, that's good. Uh, no and then Ewan, then Ewan says something. Um, Ewan, do you want to read your comment? Uh, I don't have it <laughs> up at the moment. I can't remember what it said. Let's Ewan hope we says, all don't wake up with broken legs, completed puzzles, and find the black box recording of it. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then I fuss at Paul a bit for the spoiler, but, you know, it happens. It wasn't the biggest spoiler in the yeah, world. Yeah, and, like, so. we sort of got the same thing with Norman Lovett left. They're all oh, like... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first series, first episode of Series 3, and you were like, Oh, it's, it's hilly, but I want Holly back. <sighs> I really, Jean I love Norman Lovett quite a lot. It, it took some time <laughs> to adjust there. I mean, she... She was very, is very good. I really like her as Holly, but I d- it was just such an abrupt change with no explanation. I do have an interview uh, concerning uh, Holly's departure, if you want to uh, quote some of it. Sure. Uh, the decision to drop the character was made by Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, who called Hattie Hayridge into the office on October the 16th in 1992. A day that will live in infamy. <laughs> I, I still wear a black band armband to that day in in memoriam. She already had heard as the of the new series coming up, so she was quite excited about rejoining the crew. Mm. And she, in fact, she thought the meeting was originally going to be t- about giving her a bigger role. Oh! So I went in with a good mood, and oh well, hi, how are you, how are you? She remembered, and they were like, oh fine. They were sort of like, if I say sober, as opposed to drunk, sober as, appo- as opposed to light-hearted. They, they, we, we've got something, um, something uh, not very nice to say. And I said, oh, you're going to give me the sack. Am I jerky that away? Mm-hmm. And Aww. they said, yeah, oh yes, kind of, I suppose it is. I was clutching a coffee cup, and I almost tipped it down my frock. I went, oh, right, oh, yeah, okay. I said, why? <laughs> so I went through the possible reasons, which I thought it could possibly be. You hate me? No. You're saving money? No. You think I'm expletive? No. 
because we're too lazy to come up with anything for Holly to do, and we don't want to bother with it. They had more months of syncopated than I had. I think they were quite surprised and quite sh- that I was quite shocked. When I got home that night from the meeting, I was tiny little bit off, and I phoned up a friend and I said, "Oh, I'm not in it anymore." And he said, "Well, you don't want to be a computer all your life, do you?" Aww. And that was possibly the best thing you could ever have said. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it just well, seems you know, like they they were bored with the character, and mm. it really feels like they don't like to write for women. Mm. Hate to say it, but as soon as Holly became them Holly then suddenly she gets a word in edgewise occasionally rather than being like but again, the was that, But was that a, a, to do with her gender or just that it coincided with the introduction of Crichton as a regular I character? I guess. Mm. Well, Doug Nathus does... Yeah, Doug Nathus actually says in the Series 5 documentary that it was actually getting very, very painful for them because she would turn up on rehearsal day and it was said there's only about two or three lines in the script. Mm-hmm. So, oh, don't worry, Hattie, we'll write you some more. That never happened. Yeah. And they never, I never did. did. And it was just so painful to see her turn up week in, week out with only, you know, it basically turned into open this door. Open, uh, open yeah. that door. And they, they just thought yeah. it was just easier to get rid of her. I mean, whenever we have a female on the show it usually is something to do with sex like there's no non-sex characters except for holly who you know is a computer it's impossible so it's like well we have a female but we can't write well that's not true she was actually introduced to have sex with the original holly true true (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I hate to call call that. And, you know, that's fine. If they want to write just for men, that's completely fine. But, I don't know, sort of felt disingenuous to say. Well, it's, 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 you know, you, you could be generalizing from a limited data set here. But um, I, I think that you're right in pointing out that, yeah, this does sort of eliminate the only female presence on the show. Uh, which is, you know, take it for what you will. But... Yeah, I, I liked Holly as a character, whether male or female. Yeah. I, I think we're going to feel the loss fairly keenly. Um, but oh well. Anywho, it's time for a commercial. Yay, <laughs> now that we've brought everybody down. You're true. I so just blame me. back up with this commercial. <laughs> Go, he. So what is it? I've never heard one before, and going by the iTunes ratings, no one has but I'm guessing it's a garbage podcast. A garbage podcast? Hmm. The sci-fi comedy Red Dwarf has a variety of fan podcasts dedicated to it. This one has commentaries, episode reviews, interviews with the cast, and really bad jokes. It seems that not being content with sucking the life out of their own podcast, they're now advertising on others. So this thing's spewing drivel into other podcasts? Precisely. That's why we're experiencing these curious time phenomena. I'm guessing they have a really bad editor. So what is it? I've never heard one before, and going by the iTunes ratings, 
no one has, but I'm guessing it's a garbage podcast. A garbage podcast? Hmm. The sci-fi comedy Red Dwarf has a variety of fan podcasts dedicated to it. This one has commentaries, episode reviews, interviews with the cast, and really bad jokes. It seems that not being content with sucking the life out of their own podcast, they're now advertising on others. So this thing's spewing drivel into other podcasts? Precisely. That's why we're experiencing these curious time phenomena. I'm guessing they have a really bad editor. What time phenomena? Like just then, when we all repeated ourselves. Okay, so it's decided then. We download the garbage podcast. Hey, wait a minute. I missed a discussion. We all did. Discussion is occurring in random pockets. The laws of context and conversation no longer apply. A question no longer leads to an answer. A joke no longer leads to a laugh. It never did. Look, the only way to get out of this feeble routine is to download the garbage podcast. I'll go with that. Gets my vote. Okay, so it's decided then. We download the garbage podcast. So what is it? I've never heard one before. The Garbage Podcast from Gaspacho Soup. Rabbiting on endlessly about all things Red Dwarf. And we're back, and it is time to rate this episode. Ewan, you are our guest. You want to lay down the first rating on us? Okay, I will give Sirens nine engine room vending machines out of ten. I think it's a great sort of sci-fi action action episode. Uh, I really like the new visual direction in Series 6, and it's got some very good one-liners as well. Cool. Who's next? Okay, um, it, it's it's a good good start. Um, I know what's coming next, so it's all right. Um, <laughs> I will rate this eight TV weather girls from Channel Twenty Seven. That's a lot of TV weather girls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can go next. I guess. Great. Um. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I liked season five so much and season six is so different. And I guess I'm just sort of suffering from a change of pace vertigo, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I liked a lot of it, but I kept thinking, okay, okay, okay. Um, And just all of the changes of pace and changes of character. And yeah, they did explain it. Which is good, but it was still just very different. So, after that long and rambling thing, um, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 um, weaponized waste disposal units. Nice. I think I'm going to give it a bit better than that. I'm, I'm going to... Um, I liked this episode. It was it was different. A little jarring, but, you know, they eased us into it. I, I liked what they're doing and where they're going. A bit sad to see Holly go, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm tentatively hopeful for where this is going. So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Um, let's see. Oh, I had it and then I lost it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's an awesome range system. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 uh, written in blood and viscera. Ew. <laughs> Oh. 
which means I'm the last one. And considering uh, <laughs> Angela stole my rating system, I'm desperately looking for another one. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> okay, I don't um, have to but... steal anything of Paul's. I can steal one of Shane's. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, I do like this episode. Uh, it's a great start to a, to a, a season six. Uh, I do like the reformat. It was the f- first series. Even though I watched Red Dwarf beforehand, and. Uh, this is actually the first series I can really properly remember in my in my head, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to give it eight listers biting their toenails. Oh, you had to go there. <laughs> Darn it. I thought, you was go- I thought someone was going to go with the pencil genre. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been good. Oh. And... We have rated. So it is now quote time. Ewan, you want to go first? Yeah, okay. Um, uh, that's quite a good plan, Crichton. Excellent in all but one small detail. I think you know what it is. <laughs> nice. Mm. I'm going to let everyone else go because I know I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to wait and see what's left because everyone's okay. going to steal me. Okay. okay. I'll go next. Okay, this is um, the cat. Cat says, you heard him. They want seed spreaders. I'm going to apply. You guys deal with this siren thing. I'll deal with this. Then he runs off, pauses, comes back. Call me paranoid, but you don't think they were these siren dude things. Nod. I'm nodding, nodding. Even the brunette? Yeah, Mm. Not you don't think there's any the chance they're going to be two nice girls who both happen to want my seed for totally legitimate reasons? Nope. Shake, shake, shake. I don't need to tell you this is a big disappointment. Damn, vixens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, I'll go. Let's see. Crichton, will this work? Lie mode. <laughs> of course it will work, sir. No worries. Hook, line, sinker, rod, and copy of Angling Times. <laughs> oh. What do you call one of those giant flaming meteorites that are covered in flames? A giant flaming meteorite? That's it! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, smug mood. Ah, oh, I'm really bad at Crichton impersonations. It's okay, go ahead. I've done it. I went, oh, smug mood. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's better than the rest of it because he was doing reaction. Okay, any more for any more? Yeah, I have one more. Rimmer, he's my best mate. Oh my god, he? you are. Yeah. Sir, you are sick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What's a vending machine doing in the engine room? I, I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I was the only one. Mm. <laughs> Is he wrong? That was good, but it was good. <laughs> uh, what about Space Core Directive 5796? 5796? Five, <laughs> no officer above the rank of mass, mess sergeant is committed to going to combat with Pierce Nipples. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, any other quotes? I, I don't I have. have... One. Oh, go ahead. I have 
I have one. Oh, I have one it. more, but I want Heath to say it because I, I suck at impersonating Craig. <laughs> I'm not that good. You Which are one good. Are you on? um, the one, it, what he says after he's been crushed into a cube. Oh yeah. Uh, what was it? I'm almost annoyed. beginning to get annoyed. Something. I'm like almost that. annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see now you've said. It. <laughs> I'm almost annoyed. Yeah. Hey. See, I like the one that he says after smug mode. Well, I can't be standing around here saving all of your... <laughs> and I, I can't find the actual I quote. I better... I guess I better go and make start on that ironing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rubbish impression. The Starbug would build the last, sir. This baby, old baby has crushed more times than the ZX-81. And it has continuity. <laughs> remember what we said about they like crashing Starbucks. It's going slightly. I know it's going. Uh, yeah. Okay then. Um, remember a couple, uh, a few episodes back, Heath mentioned space car directives. Uh huh. Yes. I mean, obviously, I've just mentioned one in the quote, and there's another one. There's another one, obviously. Number one seven four two in this, mm-hmm. this episode, but I mean, notice the little trend that's going on with Rimmer and Lister. Yeah, yeah, it's great because yeah. it continues on. It does. It does. Um, it wasn't a quote, but I really liked the point where um, uh, Siren Crichton is talking to Lister and calls him Dave, and. He- Lister yeah. immediately says, "Okay, this is siren." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like how Lister recovers his memory when he sees Rimmer. Not it's many. Like, oh, there it is. It shows, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sort of continues how important Rimmer is to his uh, him keeping sane. And stuff. Yeah. So you know, what's her face did a good job in picking Rimmer, I yeah. suppose. What's anyway. his her face? <laughs> You know, that computer we used to have, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> you know, that, that person that we used to be able to carry around on our watches, but apparently now she's gone. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, if we're done moaning about that and quoting, uh, it's time for predictions. Um, what is our next episode, Shane? Uh, Legion. Legion, for we are made. Legion. Interesting. <laughs> well, Legion can refer to several things, of course. Roman army, uh, but as well as, you know, uh, the, the biblical quote there, the demon, uh, de- uh, herd of demons, basically, uh, uh, inhabiting a man possessed, and uh, what is your name? Uh, call us Legion, for we are many. And then they, uh, Jesus cast them out into a herd of swine, and they jump off a cliff. So... Are we dealing with a bunch of demons possessing people, um, which wouldn't be out of character for this show, or are we dealing with something militaristic, an army? Um, I tend to think more along the lines of possession. Mm. Um, So, yeah, a bunch of spirits, or possibly... I guess a parallel to that could be, like, uh, echoey computer programs. Yeah, oh, yes, all of the... Uh, database chips, okay, without Holly there to keep Rimmer's programming under control, then somehow B-52 
the other personality chips start getting mixed up and Rimmer becomes schizophrenic, possessed by lots of personalities. Legion. How about that? But all of the other personalities are stored on Red Dwarf. Yeah, okay, that would be if the show cared about continuity. <laughs> Maybe he hid them. You know, he hid them and never said where he would hide them. So he hid them on Starbug. Before Starbug was there. <laughs> yes. I can dig it. In fact, how did he hide them? He's a hologram. He got anyway. the scutters to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are the scutters gone, too? Did they uh-huh. carry any scutters on the Starbug? the scutters are gone. Oh, no. I hope the scutters aren't gone. I hope they were watching a movie in a closet on Starbug or something. Now, anyway. my, my prediction... That's my theory. ...is that it's Holly and the scutters who have taken over Red Dwarf. And they are having <laughs> adventures across the stars... With all those losers gone. Well, what is your uh, theory for Legion? I don't know. It's an episode. <laughs> They're still looking for Red Dwarf. <laughs> hey, come on. I came up with a really involved Exactly. Theory. You took all of the theories. <laughs> I settled on one. Fine. I'll take the other. It's it's Roman armies. One? Rory is going to show up Why and a Roman be army? a plastic auton and... <laughs> <laughs> Rory takes over the star yes. in his quest to find the Pandora. And, and, and dies about yeah. five times. So, Like he does. <laughs> okay. Well, tune in next week to find out just how embarrassingly wrong we were. Ewan, thanks for stopping by again. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you listeners for putting up with us. Or as we ramble along for way, way too long. long. Oh, wow, we got into this episode. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye! Bye!